Welcome to Look Mum, No Hands. We have an amazing show today, exploring those scary choices life presents through the lived experience of our guests. Many of you will recognise that incessant whisper in your ear, tugging you to change your life, squaring up for the big jump. Whether it's career, life, family or love, there's that saying, if you're unwilling to be a foolish beginner, you will never improve. Or as I say, a life lived in fear is only half a life. Hello and welcome to today's show. We'd like to welcome Joel DeFonte, At Your Beat founder, mm-hmm. Nike trainer, mm-hmm. and just amazing life motivator. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I see you as the modern day Mr. Motivator. Yeah, people always say that as well. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I feel like because he's still here, I feel bad. I'm like, but I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel that bad. You remember Mr. Motivator, I don't do. you? I do. I mean, Mr. Motivator was there to make ordinary people feel that they should be doing something to yeah. improve their health through simple exercises that you could do every day, yeah. right? And that's... He was cool. I actually met him before as well. I actually did a bit on stage with him at this festival, like me and him. It was like handing over the baton, and I was like, thank you so much. It was really funny. It was really wow. funny. Wow. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I did stuff with Mr. Motivator on the stage. But I didn't have his outfit on, no. which I normally would do. But yeah, what colour was that? It was like, he had it like a luminous yellow, something like this, luminous yellow bodysuit thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, you're normally in bright yeah, colours. Yeah, exactly. And I was wearing black and white on that day. It was so disappointing. Oh. The fact that he even recognised me and, and wanted me on the stage was in that black and white outfit. Like, it was just not, it was kind of cool that he liked me still. And you're so achieved today, but what we're looking at is kind of your path to that, which mm. hopefully didn't run true mm. and simple all the way, that there were decisions you took, brave decisions, courageous decisions, mad risks, hence the look mum, no hands, yeah. you know, it's about taking silly risks sometimes and seeing what happens. Mm. And that's a great lesson for life. So that, yeah, you know, the viewers who are facing similar decisions and the listeners can draw something from that. So if we sort of go back in your journey, where, where do you sort of pick up the thread of what you think you what you've become today where, where does that start to emerge well I it, it started probably when I was 11 11 yeah because I grew up like I'm uh six brothers and sisters but our family I'm from Bermondsey and we're like uh my mom is from Jamaica my dad is from Brazil so but I didn't grow up with my dad for since I was probably six and then my mom was up until I was 11 because then she left the house when I was 11 and disappeared and we didn't know which I didn't know where she went but she took taken my young brothers and sisters but my other older brothers and sisters were like in prison or pregnant they've been different parts of the UK I didn't know where they were now this is in London and so when I come back from school there's nobody there but then I just was like okay this is like when decisions start happening when I was like I have to either stay in the house or tell someone or do something or da, 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 didn't know what to do but I just stayed in the house because I was like, do you know what? Our, our childhood wasn't very, wasn't the best. So I wasn't like, mommy, where is she gone? Kind of thing. I was yeah. more like, I don't know what's going on, but I've just got to get all this stuff, yeah? 
and so I started just living in the house and moved things around. It was a masonette, so I moved everything into the, my bedroom. She left loads of stuff there, like the fridge and the microwave and the toaster and stuff. So I just took it all and put it into my bedroom and then just started living in my bedroom like it was like a bed sit. Right. And so I think that's when my first kind of choices start happening when I was like, okay, I can do things for myself now. So I have to uh, live in this environment. So from probably from 11, it was my first time making a, a massive choice, which is quite a big one to start with, but it was a choice that I didn't really have a choice. Right. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that was probably the first one for me, my first major decision of something was to just live in the house on my own. <clears throat> so you had to look after yourself from the age of 11? Yeah, and um, I stayed there until I, until I was 15. Mm. So did you, the, the concentration on being fit and the, the understanding of, you know, exercise as, yeah. a, as a way to joy and also mental mm. health, which I think is something I, you, you talk about a lot these days. Where, where did that start to emerge? Um, well, the, I think after, because when I was younger, I was just obsessed with gaming and rollerblading. I did love sports as well because I wanted to, I, I love anime and fantasy and stuff like that. So I always wanted to be like a ninja or, or a, a jumping around or like a... Parkour. Or, yeah, <laughs> anything where I felt like I was a panther or something like that. So right. I had a lot of animalistic kind of like outlet. I wanted to release it. So I think with um, movement and stuff like that and, and, and being fit, I was doing it from a young age. I was always like wanting to just, I was bouncing around at the time. But then when I probably got into like like eight, no, probably like 20, because when I first started dancing, um, that's when I got more into like, it's really good for your mental health, it's really good for your body, is to just move and do something, it doesn't matter what it is, I was like, I was dancing in the clubs, in the nightclubs, uh, uh, I got asked to be a dancer there, even though I had never done any dance training, but I just was like, eh. and I was, but then they got me doing shows and stuff, and I was rubbish. When I look back now, oh, horrendous. I had the audacity to go on those stages and think I was that. <laughs> I was like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm that girl, yes, I'm the best one. Mm, when I look at those videos now, I'm like, oh my God, me and my friends were like, we were so bad. But, um, but you went out there with any any fear and just no like yeah. a whole load like, of confidence. Yeah, literally, I was like, if you don't like me, then you can turn around. There's something else to look at. But I'm still on the stage. You know, I can't turn around because I've got to perform. So you know, I've got to like it then. So I was like that. Let's just capture that moment for a minute. The the idea of performing. Mm. A lot of people are terrified. By, yeah. You know, it's also most we, we talked about this in our podcast series. Actually, the, mm. even people giving a public speech. speech yeah. is, is some people say it's more scary than dying, yeah, the thought yeah. of dying. So where do you get that confidence just to go out there and strut your stuff, even if you were a bit untrained by the sounds of it? I think because I was like, um, like uh, I'm fine with being, I was comfortable with being a beginner. I feel like that's a nice feeling because mm. I think I'm not planning to stay this way. So my idea is I'm not going to plan to stay a beginner forever. So enjoy that moment when you're actually getting to be like rubbish yeah. and be like, oh, remember when I was rubbish? Remember, I love that story mm. to be like, remember when I was rubbish? I love showing these videos of mm. me being rubbish because I'm like, and isn't that yeah. one of your taglines for at your beat? Yeah, yeah. Like everyone, it's always like always be extra and um, uh, enjoy the moment of being rubbish. Like, the rubbish is good, it, it yeah. just means that it's like in your house, the bin is full of rubbish, but you had loads of tea, yeah, that's why it's there. <laughs> so, really, truly, the rubbish is just uh, a vision mm -hmm. of what 
you had. So yeah? do, you, do you think a lot of people get stuck at that point that they don't want to be embarrassed yeah. or shamed or whatever the, the, the hesitation is mm. about going through that stage? I mean, even in our opening introduction, we talk about having to be mm. a beginner. Yeah, generally. that's really exactly. And um, if, you do, if you're going to be embarrassed at that stage, you're never going to improve. You're never going to go. We and say that, I say that all the time. Right. People do get stuck as well. Like, like you said, like, at, I think the older you get as well, you lose that feeling of like, you don't even care when you're younger. When you're in your, I think it's gotten lower and lower the amount of time people care. So it was like quite, you could be a teenager and not care, you know, and then you, you but now you care as a teenager because of everything that's going on in the world. Like, I don't want anyone to see, because you can see everything. Mm. So people have the fear of even trying to do something. Looking bad, they, everyone thinks everybody's watching them do something bad, and it's like no one cares. How yes, like doing. like if you're on the dance floor and you're worried about going, actually there's plenty of other people. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. They're not going to look at the guy with the gangly. Yeah, gates, no one's going to be watching you. And yeah. I would say people are watching you. They usually are either self-conscious, self-conscious of themselves, or they're or they they're enjoying what you're doing. They're like, I wish I could be like that person. So people aren't looking at you like who does he think he is dancing and enjoying his life. Like people don't do that. Right. So, do you think the the ability to take risks like that is related to experience, personality, not having anything to lose, coming from a difficult start like you did? You know, I mean, I'm saying that, but obviously you had to look after yourself. So you, you became pretty bulletproof, I would imagine, quite early on in terms of I don't give a an mm. end what they're thinking. This is what I'm going to do. Is that, mm. is that no, fair? Hundred percent. Like I always say to people now, I don't have any. I don't care because I'm like, oh, the bad stuff already happened. The hardest decisions already happened for me when I was 11. That was the hardest stuff, trying to make money as a kid, like thinking, how can I make money? Let me work in this corner shop and let me sell sweets and cigarettes to, to other kids at school. Let me do this, let me sell t-shirts, let me make orange travel cards, let me copy the DVDs. And stuff. I used to orange do... travel cards, that was the day, yeah, oh see? my goodness. <laughs> we were talking about that only last night. <laughs> I was literally the connoisseur of those. I always knew, I was like, that's so a fake, fake good enough. Yeah. Let me create another one, stick the things on top, change the thing. And I, I was scanning everything so I could do it yeah, on my computer. I discovered the two of our kids are great counterfeiters. I had been in their, yeah. in their early years. They've done great work. They, they, we were like, growing up, you're like, I need to make this sellable. I was really good. So I was thinking of like, but that's what's helped me now because from being that way now, I will make a decision and I'm like, this decision is only going to go the direction it's supposed to. So if it goes this way, I'm supposed to go that way because it's going to show me how to go the other way. Right. If it goes up, I'm supposed to go that way. It means that it's like, there are no, I always say there's no snakes on my ladders. It's just shorter ladders and longer ladders, yeah? yeah. And different, the ladders go a different direction. I'm like, there's snakes and that, you know, life is a bit like snakes and ladders, not my life. Mine is just ladders and floors, yeah? I'm on this floor for a little while, there's not much places to go, then a short ladder comes and I go a little bit up, then this long ass ladder takes me all the way to the top and now I'm up here and this ladder goes down a bit, I'm like, oh, okay, got to go downstairs, yeah. it doesn't matter. And um, if you don't dwell on stuff like that, you actually can kind of enjoy the journey as well. Yeah. Like finding where you're supposed to go, that's what I think so it's worked for me. We always try and find out there's a question that people can ask when they're facing a decision. Yeah. Like, you know, you could say, what's the best that could happen? What's the worst that could yeah. happen? Whatever. How do you... I always, do, you, you, do you just always say yes? or? What, <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like that. <laughs> got me in trouble, so now I'm like, I can say yes to everything, yeah? Um, so now I'm more like, I think, how can I... I'm quite... I'm weird now, I say it, weird. I just really... I want to amplify stuff and get other people opportunities. 
So I always think to myself, how can this be amplified so other people can get in on this as well? Rather than, if it's just beneficial for me... So then, you're sending that ladder back down for people. Yeah, exactly. And which yeah. people do, do a lot, they open the door of opportunity and they shut it. Yeah. And they put a lock on it. And they put, like, you can't, you can't come in here unless like, they've got a little thing in through, but you can come through. Whereas I'm more like, I open the door, I actually want people to come in because if we are all in here on the door of opportunity, it means that I have more opportunities as well because when they get opportunities, they think of me. And when, do you know what I mean? So it's mm. all like, it's very, it's fun. It's nice that way. So that's how I, when I think of things to do, what comes in my head is like, is this really going to help the agenda of what I'm trying to do with everybody else? Or is it just going to help me? Mm. And people are like, but we want you. I'm like, well, you need to want everyone else. Can you make sure that some um, instructors from ALB can be on, on this as well? I'm bringing someone from At Your Beat to be on this job with me as well. Okay, cool. So much better. Then I'm like, then my decisions become easy because if they're like, it's just, we, we just want just you to do that. I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not free then. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, that's how I started being. I never used to be. Yeah. And then when I changed, the, my company started to grow more as well. Yeah. It used to be like, it had to be me. And then now it's like, it has to be us. We just keep growing. And that's a risk because everyone could have just turned around and said, well, no, we just want you. Yeah. And you've not got the budget for. Exactly. But when you say it to them, they're like, let me see what I can do. And we're like, let's see what you can do. Mm. Do, 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 do. We managed to have it. And I'm like, yeah, because you, you, I've created value in myself and I've created value in the people as well to show them that these people are just as good. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, actually, do you know what? Let's just have them both do a banging job. Yeah. And that's it. Every time that brand now knows that if he's going to say to us that we want someone else, they're going to be happy with it. So that decision becomes a good one. So that's in my mind. Have you ever felt like an imposter apart from when you're on the podium? And yeah. <laughs> I've always felt like an imposter, actually. I have mad imposter syndrome. That's why I never would say anything about having a company or anything for the longest time. People didn't even know. I was being like, oh, I teach there. And people yeah. were like, oh, you teach at your feet as well. You teach there. When I'm around the street, I don't say, like, thingy. Even on my bio, in my Instagram and stuff like that, it doesn't say that I own at your feet. It just says that I'm creative there. Right. And, uh, yeah, I never put it there. I'm like... I don't know why people know now as well, but it's just this... It's thing. probably me. I'm going, no, he is actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, I don't even want to... I just never say it. I don't know why I do that. Though, but, and that's with many things. I feel like I shouldn't be there because why do they want me to be there? And then I just go back to, like, just having... Thinking of how I started and thinking of all the things that I've done. I'm like, actually, I, I didn't jump here. Mm. I went on all those ladders. It's <clears> on the stepping so yeah. Mm. It's a bit like those... Um, fairy tales where the king dresses as a pauper yeah. to see what the people really think because yeah. you know, he's never going to find out if he dresses as the king and yeah. moves amongst them he's going to get the king reaction mm, it's true I have, and I end up finding everything out and I just know what's going on like with um, members and with uh, instructors I just know and they're happy to come and talk to me so they don't have to be like oh we have a complaint but we don't want to say anything they can actually say hey so we're just thinking could we have more and I'm like yeah yeah and then they know that it's there they don't sometimes they're a bit extra they can mm -hmm. be like actually asking me, like, can you do my account, my account's not on my face, that's not me, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I'm here to talk to, but I'm not here free for everything, so, yeah, it does help. Sounds, Joel, like, like <clears throat> at some point you made this decision that it wasn't just going to be about you and how much you could teach, it's mm. going to be bigger than that, Yeah. and you were going to push this into a wider audience mm. by having other people that were trained or yeah. learned the, the ropes from you, mm. wait, wait, what was that? Was there a moment when that was kind of like a little light bulb moment for you too, where you said, no, I'm, I'm going to take this approach? Yeah, like, when I first started, it was just me and my two friends, um, my friend Gary and my friend Kieran, and they 
were doing stuff with me and then afterward I was like actually you know what this isn't gonna work like just having just the two of us so I was like it's just three of us so I was like I have to change it so I ended up being like okay I need more people I started looking for other teachers and stuff but then members didn't like them you know they were like oh we just want we think it's just you like uh, obviously because they've been so used so I had to make a decision being like do I have to keep do I be like do you know what I know better in this instance or do I have to be like okay let me just try to do what you want mm. and then I realised Actually, I'm trying to find people that I really believe can benefit them. They have no idea about what the dance industry is about. They don't know. They're just thinking based on, I want this. So yeah, and they get comfortable, comfortable with what, what yeah, they, they know. know. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, it's, it's coming from a place of like comfort. Mm. But it's still kind of like, think of the, the amount of other stuff you can learn from this other person that you, you've got my stuff but now you've got this other person so it's about growth yeah. as well <clears throat> and so as long once I started to say we're a growth focused dance studio it made them know it's not a cult you're not going to have this one person forever mm. someone else is going to come in and you're going to take their classes someone else is going to come in and it's, it's helped run the business really well because then there's so much variety it's allowed me to bring in afro beats and dancehall and k-pop and, and reggaeton and and Vogue and everything, all the cultures, because yeah. now they're not just expecting just to dance because, forever. I mean, do you find that you can have a student who doesn't really know what their metier is? You mm. know, they don't, you just they, mention a whole bunch of yeah, dance yeah, yeah, yeah. styles, and they might think they're one because you taught them, but actually, they're somebody can else. bring them, open them up to something, and that turns out to be much more their thing. Is yeah, that, is 100%. That? Like, that happens all the time. Like, people will be like, they love doing heels classes, yeah? yeah. Oh, I just dance in heels, I don't do anything else. Then they try this class that's like, I don't know, K-pop. And now they're like, oh my God, I love this vibe. I love the energy that comes from this class. And then they just keep doing K-pop. They're like, oh, now I haven't done a Hills class for ages. And you're like, yeah, because you had this idea of what everybody says you need to be in, in a video, in a class. You're like, I need to wear heels and be sexy. Like, and someone's defined that wearing heels is the only form of sexiness. So now you've seen that, you've done this other routine, you're like, I still feel sexy. So you're like, yeah. So it doesn't come from the heels, it comes from you. And then you start, so that's how they grow in the class and I think that for me is like the best thing about making a decision and then sticking to it and then realizing it's actually been the best one for everybody to yeah. benefit from. So I mean amongst your students mm. you can see this the same thing we're talking about here which is people have fixed ideas. Yeah. They don't want to try something new, maybe they're a little embarrassed about you know how they'll appear. Because yeah. a lot of these things are done in groups, yeah, are yeah. they? I mean exactly. so you, you, can see you know, it. Yeah. And so if you, if you have that embarrassment problem, mm. that fear of the new and all that, you're never going to experiment and exactly. find, maybe never find your find great, means, greatness. You yeah, your greatness could be the adjacent dance type mm. and you'll never find we it. We actually had an email today from someone who was like, oh, I don't want to go to this class because it's not the teacher that it usually is. Mm. Um, and then they asked, why don't that teacher have any more classes? Can they, ha can they have more during the week? And I was like, it's quite interesting that you didn't want to go because you, 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 they said that their class gives me the things to keep carrying on for the rest of the week. And then I was like, I responded and I was like, do you know what? You should still go to the other class because you're basically making your life um, have just that one thing that allows you to go on for the rest of the week. Yeah. And that's not good because then you're pigeonholing yourself into being like, I've got shit week unless I do that one thing. If you go to this other teacher's class now, it gives you more variety, more chances for your week to be good. You can end up having the whole week feeling like you can carry on. Like you don't need to have mm. just the one. And so then they were like, oh, actually, yeah. I didn't think of it like that. It's because it was, I wasn't used to them, so I didn't want to go and then embarrass myself. So it's just like you said. And I was like, you're not embarrassing yourself, but you're you're not rewarding yourself 
got enough either. Mm. So I was like, allow yourself to get the rewards from your decisions. Don't just be like, I'm not going to make any because I'm scared of the outcome. Sounds like when people get into your world, you get mm, tremendous support. But when you think back, were there detractors, people who naysayers, people yeah. who said, don't do it, it will never work, you're not right, blah, yeah. blah, blah, that you had to overcome any of that stuff and believe in yourself? Mm, were there moments when that happened? Loads of them. And now they work for me, so it's kind of cool now. <laughs> you can get back to the people that say Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, hey, remember when you said that it wouldn't work? Like, here's your people you <laughs> it's, it's, it's that famous line when the headmaster says, you'll never make anything if you're alive. And you're like, and you're like yeah. three hours later. And then you're like, oh, sitting in the, in the headmaster's chair. <laughs> Need a coffee, and they come. You're, you're, yeah. you're the guy they all want to bring back to yeah, the exactly. prize-giving day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I did have um, some people who were like, I don't think, there was a, uh, a teacher who started, I always remember this because it's why I made the decision as well to be like, I'm going to stick with, if I believe something is right and I'm going to go with it, I'm going to stick with it. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to run this thing out for a couple, or probably like four weeks and if it's right, it's right. And there was this one girl and she was helping me out at the beginning and um, she was she started going classes and she, a teacher started and then she was like, I don't think they're very AYB. And then another member was like, yeah, I don't feel like she's very AYB as well about this teacher. And she was very ex expressive and stuff, but they just wanted something else. And I was like, you single people can't define what is AYB. So it almost means like she's very AYB because she's different to what you expect. Mm. So, and AYB is all about difference and, and embracing it. So in fact, she's exactly AYB. So now I'm going to keep her. And so I was just like, well, she's staying anyway. So um, it'd be best just to get used, to, like get used to her, take her classes, like support her, give her give her guidance, help her out. And then she ended up being like one of the most popular teachers ever. And the person who was like, oh, she's not there, never saw them again. Wow. They, and they lose out because they're literally not prepared to make the decision to be like, mm. oh, look, do you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Look, look, mum, no hands. They're going to go and take the class anyway. They're actually opposite. They're like, I'm not doing it. Do you know what I mean? Their arms are folded. So, yeah. And, and then they, I love, they, I love the, fact that the reference to our title. I know, it, right? It really, ah, I'm so proud of it. Really, the, the other thing we, we <laughs> thought of twinning with look, mum, no hands is let the force be with you. You know, the little yeah. Skywalker thing. From, exactly. The, when you sort of, you know, you've got something incredibly hard to do and you stop, and like, stop fighting with the controls. Let it just yeah, do it. Let it happen. Yeah, that's is, that, good. is that a moment that you recognise too? Yeah. When I you're think, dancing, do you go into a different place? I, I kind of like let. I used to be really think too much. I used to overthink and be yeah. like, look in the mirror at other people all the time and be like, mm. am I doing? Am I doing it right? And I and then I started being like, you've just spent an hour learning all the moves. Yeah, yeah. they're in your head, but you are blocking them because you're thinking, do I know them? You're not just thinking dance. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking, do I know the dance? Or what's the beginning again? Am I going to come in at the right time? Yeah, am I going <laughs> at the right time? Is it five, six, seven, eight? What is your arm doing here? You try to find all these blockers so that you don't do it. So you're like, oh, I was right, I was rubbish. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't do it. So I'm just Whereas if you just be like, do you know what? Just dance. Mm. And I see um, that's when, for me, that works when I just think like that. Just stop thinking about, you're dancing. So that's what you should be thinking about, dancing. You yeah. should be thinking about all the other stuff that's around it, that surrounds it, because it's not relevant to what you're trying to do in that moment. You're trying mm. to do something in that <clears> one moment. So just think of that one moment. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we're trying to give um, people practical advice through yeah. this show. I mean, it's clear from what you said that you actually have to put in the hard work. Yeah. You know, when, when you stop thinking, mm. it's because you've done the work, right? Yeah. That you can allow yourself to trust yourself. Yeah. But I mean, there are people that always look for shortcuts yeah. and, and ways to sort of cut things, cut corners and whatever. 
So what's your what's your advice on, on just on, on the discipline, the work ethic? I feel like all it depends on what you're doing. Like so if you're trying to um, learn to dance here and you want to get better and you're scared to go to class, there are other things you can do as well. So for instance, if you wanted to be better dancing, you're like, I don't want to go to class so much because I'm, I'm I get anxious. Da, da, da. Okay, so do everything online. Do it all online, but do it more than what you would do if you were going to classes. Because then that way you're gonna get it's gonna take you longer to get to the class because class there's a lot, there's personal stuff mm. that you learn in there from other people and you don't have that in the in the, uh, in at home. But the luxury of being at home is that you don't have any anxiety and fear of everybody else. So it actually is a good place for you to grow. So if you've got a decision to make, I think and it involves other people, if you can take yourself away from that and be like, let me just go and think about this decision without the noise of everybody else. What does it look like for me? What does it look like for the, the whole outcome of the thing? Without their input, what would the best scenario be? Like you say, what would the worst scenario be? Can I carry on from the worst scenario? Or is it the end for the, if it's the worst scenario? So you just find all those things. It's kind of like doing a spider graph and just going out and yeah. writing all these outcomes and all these things and then being like, does that stop me? No. Does that stop me? No. Does that stop me? No. Does that stop me? Yes. Okay, so what can I do from that one? That's how I think. It's like a big web of like stuff. But it just goes really quickly in my mind and I'm like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> go. Yeah. And then that really helps me. So I think there are practical things you can do to to make your decision like easier to make. But once you decide, I say this to people all the time, once you decide, just do it. Yeah. If you leave even like a space for someone to come in, like you said, the naysayers. Well, I'm just playing devil's. I don't want you playing anything in my game here. Yeah? I don't want you playing devil's advocate or anything. I don't need to hear it. I'm gonna yeah. do it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's 100 percent commitment. Yeah. And hard work that goes with it. Because yeah. I, I know coming back to that point, but I, mean, I think it's an important lesson. Like yeah. Almost all successful people, whether they it appears they've been doing, they might look like the swan exactly. with all the words going on hidden under the water, but they they are definitely put in the work. Yeah, 100 percent. If you try to do something shorthand. It's going to, people are going to find out anyway. Like, it will happen that it will crumble. It's like you're trying to play Jenga with paper. Like, it's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? Eventually, it's just all going to drop down. Yeah. You, you can build it up and then uh, and you get comfortable, but just one little blow and the whole thing is going to drop. But if you use the proper bricks, then it's going to take a lot longer to top it. Yeah, so you can build a house of cards or you can. Exactly, build your house with like, like titanium. <laughs> so, Joel, have you had a mentor at any stage? Because you, you know you've done a, you, you've had this incredible start in life where you've had to look after yourself from a very tender age. But at some point on the way, was there somebody you could turn to who helped you make some of these not decisions? Not really, no. Like because I'm not really close to my family either because I don't grow up with them, so I don't yeah. speak to them. So, and uh, but I do think all the people I met are my mentors without them knowing. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think. I make sure to have good people around me that are different to me as well, so I can take their view and their their like lived experiences as well, and kind of see how they can. They always just inspire me anyway, or they kind of make me know what not to do as well. So I've got people who are like, okay, I'm not gonna do that, yeah, because I see it's not working yet. So I think everyone around me is kind of a mentor in their own way. It's just how much of the information that I take on to start using to make my decisions. So. Um, it's actually once I started working one place, I started working in Shoreditch House. That was my, my second job, I think, whatever. And I met so many people there. They were all interesting. They were all so cool. I learned so much things from their jobs, from what they were doing, what they were up to. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I didn't just be like, oh, this person's this. I was like, 
find out about them and then keep yeah. connected to them and then that they end up becoming mentors for me anyway because I just watch what they're doing. And, and, mm. It's funny because from other interviews we've done, the, the, most of our interviewees, I guess, yeah. can point to a moment. It was like a, a drink in a, in a bar yeah. or a, something where they met somebody and maybe that person received a call, yeah. you know, and it's just one of these happenstance yeah. things. But you have to be out there. Yeah. I mean, there's this famous quote, isn't there? The, you know, the, the more I practice, the luckier I get, or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, that, that moment when you decided to come to Shoreditch House, yeah. um, was there something there that you might not have done it? Well, you know, you, you know, I might, I might not. If you hadn't done it, your world would have been completely different, right? There was actually, there was actually a, a moment where I could have not worked here. And then it could have changed everything. Mm -hmm. And it was, there was uh, the head of uh, members of nation, which is called um, uh, um, Vanessa, sorry, I was mm -hmm. going to say Jessica, Vanessa, she came and saw me and I'm very straightforward here. So someone came to the thing and they were like, they said something and I was going to not work here anymore. And I was like, I'm going to work here anymore. These people are just extra. I can't, I can't deal with it. Mm -hmm. And someone said something and then she came and saw me and was like, I like your, energy like you have good energy yeah. whatever it is that you're doing i just like your energy so just keep doing what you're doing and i was like i'm okay so i'm actually right in shock because i want i started to change myself here to be fitting and i was like and then she was like i like the way you are the way you're talking your energy you just got this nice vibe about you and i was like i'm gonna actually amplify it now i'm not actually gonna go the other way and so if, if i didn't say that if she didn't say it to me i wasn't coming back to work the next day so i was not right. gonna be here so it I guess, in a sense, there are moments where yeah. people can say something to you or um, trigger something in you that makes you like go get that that superpower, like yeah. that mushroom from Mario or something, and then you start going off even more. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Don't mention Mario with me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that, I know you can't see, listen. But it's, I, that's I, the reason why I my alter ego. <laughs> I was going to ask, where do you think you'd be if you hadn't taken the steps you did? Yeah. So if that, if Vanessa hadn't come up to you, I would have gone. I would have been working here, and then I probably wouldn't have met all. I wouldn't have met any of the people that I met here. And you would have started your classes. I would have done things. Yeah, because it was here where I learned all of that stuff. I wasn't. I had my way of being, but I would have been my way of being in any place. Yeah. But I learned. They gave me my first class here at the mm. at that short at Shortage house. So it was like everything was there, like instant they they instigated a lot of my um like dance journey and that met with people there that helped yeah. me with building like yeah. a website and helped me build a website. Because I remember it just there was you, you and your class here and then you're like, Oh actually I'm, I'm gonna, gonna yeah. do this next, I'm gonna do this yeah. next and you were just on fire, yeah. just like I'm leaving now. I'm going to America now. I'm opening Studio America now. Okay, bye. I'm doing this now. Okay, I'm not lucky training now. It was literally just like everything yeah. was going, do, 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 and I was just not prepared for any of it, literally. Like in my mind, I was like, just doing it. I mean, in a way, it was your big break, although yeah. you couldn't sit. And I think the, the really interesting thing you mentioned mm. was that you, there was this tension. You were trying to fit in here, yeah. otherwise, not be authentically yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And actually, she said, no, be you. Mm. We like your energy. We like what you're doing. And then you, you said you amplified it. Yeah. And that's such an important thing, isn't mm. it? About sticking to your guns, knowing what you want to do. And you could easily have gone off in a huff or yes. something, and then all well, you'd have needed a different career. Yeah, you know? yeah. I can't believe you wouldn't have been successful somewhere. But, be, yeah. but you know, you, you're super successful, and, and you know, I think the road ahead. We have you're still a young I'm, man, so I'm I mean, we yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, you're only just beginning. We can talk to, about that in a minute. But yeah, you know, the, if you'd said no to that, mm. and we, and, and as, as I said in other interviews, we. we hit upon the same moment of mm. people saying no to something, it just 
realising it was a ridiculous thing to do because yeah. it closed so many doors. You just go stop, and then you're like, that's it. And that was the moment where yeah. I would be like, so people, yes, yeah, so the lessons people really need to think hard before they cut off any yeah. avenues. One hundred percent. And try and be authentic, right? And understand. Well, being your most authentic self, it sounds so like, Ugh. yeah, but I know. Like, actually, it sounds it, but it's really true. Like all the good things come. They'll come because you yourself. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the reference to the whispering in, in your ear, which we have in our yeah, introduction, yeah. because you know. That was my whispering telling me um, to change. Yeah. Mm. And be different. And I was like, you know, like, you need to change yourself because you're too extra here. Like, you're from Southeast London, the accent's too strong, they're going to be like this. And I was like, okay, let me just try and change it. And then after, yeah. I was like, this isn't long, man. Like, it shouldn't be this much to just work somewhere. No, it shouldn't be. And I, Having you ensured at Charles was a was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. There was like, oh, diversity is yeah. coming, and there's someone with a different energy, and yeah, and people held on to that because I was taking loads of classes in the gym then, and you'd hear people come out just like, oh my god, I feel mm. so great after that, mm. and like his energy just really encouraged me, and mm. like you give a lot to everyone that you meet, even if just passing, you stop and have a chat. Yeah. I bumped into you yeah, the other yeah. week, and you're like, oh my god, where have you been? Mm. Like, it's nice to have those encounters and those people that you can be like, oh yeah, they're, yeah. they're a ray of sunshine. And it's important. Yeah. I think it's really important. And I always say as well, about when you're saying like not cutting off, making decisions not to cut people off, I'm always like, I don't, I just be normal and my normal self, like mm. how I am with every single person. Because you do it and things, always, you don't do it because you're doing, they could come back and ask me to do something. You just do it because it's so much easier. Like, and it's nice to remember things about people mm. or to spot someone on something and be like, oh my God, when I spotted you on the show, I was like watching this sh the show on Netflix and I was like, oh my God, like there's Sarah in the front, like being all, being like, I don't like these decisions of this, of this event being in the <laughs> show. And I was like, oh my God, it's so funny to watch her be like pissed off in this thing. Um, and yeah, so you see people, but then if I was just not really bothered or I wasn't trying to make any mm. connections with people, I wouldn't notice anything and it'd be so self-obsessed and just me and... Uh, only anything that can make me grow make, is about they need to like me and stuff. Yeah. Instead, remembering everybody is a like part of your journey as mm. well and can help your journey go further as well in the future, you just never know. It makes life so much more colourful, I think. Mm. Mm. Not only shaping and encouraging people with your dance classes mm. in, uh, in your studios mm. there, you're a Nike trainer, yeah. ambassador, yeah. representative. Oh, tra trainer, like that's the top part, I think, trainer, so I'll be trainer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Trainer's the top, yeah, I'm a Nike trainer now as well, which is crazy, because they just find you, like you don't do it, I didn't do it. What anything. do you mean they just find you? Like they, they're skulking around in your classes and in your like existence and stuff, like looking at things, they have insight people that do stuff, so I never knew they were watching mm -hmm. or anything, and then they just approach me and be like, hey, they feel your email, they find your email, and they're like, hey, we want to um, have a conversation with you. And then they, when I did it, I was like, yeah, they well, want you to be like a Nike trainer. I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not a personal trainer. And right. Like, no, but we want you to be specific for dance and um, movement and get people moving. And so, okay, cool. And then that then they, that was that. After that, they start seeing some more things about come to my more classes first and see me doing things and then get me involved. And then I've become uh, the... On, on their books as like a trainer right and it was like super cool because i was like oh my god i'm so different to all these other people like proper like 
fitness like obsessed kind of like muscle people and there wasn't there was actually at the time when I started there was a in the Nike team there was more diversity but in the fitness realm world there wasn't so I was like where are you going to plot me hmm I wonder right and so they had their plans and they had their visions of what they think the industry needed and they thought that me and, and some of the other new ones that joined as well was what was missing and now three years later I can actually see that it was true it was missing these types of people and these types of energies and now we're just doing going from strength to strength and now the company is like a Nike partner as well so okay. the, and I've managed to get teachers to become Nike dance partners as well now so there's a selection of them that got on board to be like an uh, part partnered with Nike in their own like world, not as me, but with yeah. everything. So it's like adding more and growing people, giving them the opportunities as well, rather than like being like, I don't want any dancers on here, just me. Right. Vibe, you know? So it's been really good. Has there been any point where all of this has been happening, stuff is coming to to you, mm-hmm. but then you thought, I actually don't know where this is going or what's happening or how I've got here and yeah. you just kind of have you had a freeze moment? Sort of yeah. a pinch yourself moment. Yeah, like, or just... Is this really happening? It's yeah. like, how long can this... How can it last? <laughs> have, you run off, have you run off the cliff and, yeah. and not fallen because you didn't look down yet? <laughs> when I did... Um, we, it was in a lockdown, actually, because <clears throat> the lockdown happened and I was like, oh my God, like, we had a good structure from my company. We started doing online classes anyway. But then there was stuff I had to do with Nike as well. So then they got me to do this one thing, which was like, all the people in the world, like, basically, like dancing through this Nike channel with Rosalia being on it as well and it should have been interviewed in the match dancing on their songs and teach everyone they're all at home and I was like this is and they said you all the stuff in the post how to set up your whole room with a camera and this and mic and you do it all and they do this test thing and you're like it's like a tv show but in your house and I was like this is so weird like this is just not normal like mm-hmm. this is like why like I, I in my house as well, that was made it more. Feels a bit like the Truman Show. Yeah, I was like, now I'm doing this and I've just got to get on. I can't see anything either. So I can't see. I could just How it's being received. So yeah. I don't even know what they're doing. And I was like, oh my God, it's like, yeah, there's thousands and thousands of people just doing it. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. Like, when you turn, and then you turn it off and then sit back down and so for like, no, like, it's just normal. <laughs> and you're like, what? This is not normal. Like, this is very weird. Like, and those moments, I like those moments though, because then they're basically like gems of your decisions, you know, that you made before. They're gems that you get to take out and look at every so often and be like, oh, such a shiny gem, put it back in your cupboard, yeah? So those pinchy moments, like, are really epic. Like, they've happened of quite a few now. Mm. And this year and last year, yeah, this year and last year, and more to come, where I'm still going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I just, we just done that. And But the good thing is when you get to do it with other people, so yeah. pinch, we can all pinch each other moments. It's mm. kind of like those are the best things, I think, because then this shared experience, and mm. I think that that's like awesome. Yeah. Mm. So you're now sharing your moments with your friends and your yeah, colleagues. There's yeah. no, there's not so much of the hey mum look. Yeah, yeah. It's like, or it's is like, there a bit where you think in the back of your head, look, I've done all of this? Yeah. I still think that. Like, I almost feel like I know my family is looking at stuff being like oh my god like Joel has been killing it like mm. and I always say to people when they tell me oh my god I'm watching you you're killing it and then I'm like he was already dead 
like I'm not killing anything. I already is dead. I already knew what I wanted to do, and I was gonna do it anyway. So I didn't think of myself as like I'm killing it or I'm slaying it. I always just feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. You're really the phoenix then. Yeah, yeah, literally. You're rising. And... I just, I just, I, I like the feeling. And like I said before about being rubbish is yeah. really good because the when you do the journey, the joy of being that where you feel doesn't matter what other people think all the time. Sometimes it's like where you feel it's the right decision, where you feel it's giving you what you need out of it. The joy of feeling that is so good that it doesn't even compare to how rubbish you feel when you were actually cracking something mm. or the decision was crap. When you cut, when you make it and you get round and you get to the part where you want to be, that feeling is beyond the bad one. It's interesting though the the question of motivation, which I think we've been getting onto, is the idea of look, mum, no hands mm. is showing off to your mum and scaring the life out of her. Yeah, know, <laughs> doing something crazy and skillful. Hopefully, mm. you've probably been crashing a few times around the corner, which you didn't see. You know, yeah. obviously in the knees, coming bleeding. Yeah, but I mean. You, you're aware of a family, but not very much in touch with yeah. them. But do you think part of your motivation is a they kind of look, look at me now? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, I always said before, I want to be super, super, like as a kid, I was like, I'm going to be super, super successful and stuff like this, and I'm going to do really well because I want them to see that, yeah. look, I didn't need. So I was still saying, look, no, you, you, you left me age 11 in the house on yeah, my yeah, own, yeah, yeah. And, and you thought and look, you'd ruined my life. Yeah, and now yeah. look at me. And, right. I'm, and, it, and it almost like bleeds into like uh, other family members and stuff where I'm like, this is what I've done. With mm-hmm. this, with what you've given me, mm-hmm. like you've all, you're all together, still benefiting from each other, and like all that you produce from it. So it is a kind of showing off to the to to the mummies, the whole entire family, you know. So I am there is an element of that yeah. in there as well. Joe, I, I wanted just to understand the the way you see the relationship between mental yeah. health and and physical health, mm-hmm. you know, and fitness. I mean, um, do you think that dancing and movement can be a remedy for mental health problems, or do you just see it all as one functioning mm-hmm. machine? If you don't take care of both, something's going to show up somewhere. Yeah, I feel like um, doing uh, fitness and uh, physical fitness, any type of type of like gym and stuff like that, can help with your mental health. Yeah, <laughs> like fear, everything can help with your mental health because yeah. you're you're creating like energy that's and, and endorphins, endorphins make you feel yeah. good yeah so those things are great they give you that you feel great in the gym and you can be by yourself and you get it you can be in a gym class and you can get it xyz but then there's dance yeah is another type of energy mm-hmm. that you can't get in any of the other things you can't it's only in dance and i think that one really helps with um uh, confidence uh, to just walk down the street and stuff like that. You know, you can be go to the gym all the time, but you're still not confident to walk down the street, so it's not giving you that level of, like, confidence. You could go out, to go to the gym all the time, and you're still at the party like this. You yeah. see them all the time. You see the big muscle people just like, oh, yeah, you're at the party with their muscle tees on, looking good with their drink, hot holding their drink. You see the girls just there like, mm, I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not going to dance. Glammed up yeah. like there's no tomorrow, but they're not going to dance, they're not going to do anything, because they're... They've got no confidence. They're in the gym all the time. Yeah. They've got pictures on their Instagram of them in the gym looking on But when it's the reality come, they, it's just not there. Whereas I think in dance, that goes in, permeates your brain. And the reason why I think it does that is because, as it's like something from a kid, when you're a kid, 
You just dance. Mm. You don't even know what we're doing. Yeah, there's a natural rhythm in natural rhythm. Yeah. Just do it, yeah. and you you almost want to perform and show off. You almost that's definitely the look on my hands. Look, look what I did. Yeah. I created this, and it's it could be rubbish. It could be anything. It doesn't even. But they're so happy with it, and then mm. you're so happy with them doing it. So you're everybody is getting something from this experience here. Yeah? And so when you start dancing, you're getting that, and you're getting um, healthy, and your physical health is getting better. And your mental health is getting better, and your spirit is getting better. Because I feel like there's another type of health that you don't get from this, like spiritual health, yeah? Right. Like this energy thing. That's what we get in dance. And that is why I think people really have gotten into dance so much more now, specifically after lockdown, during lockdown, because they needed that spiritual... It's a freedom of expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing is a performance. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, performance does have an amazing effect on Mm. you. I mean, I I do a little bit of stand-up and so on, but you know when you've done a great job and you've had a reaction Mm. from people, it's a tremendous amount of energy you Mm. get. You can't get that from pumping iron. No, exactly. No one's going to be like, well, go, bro. You just did this. They may do it in some places, but it's specific to the bro culture in that sense, whereas... If you're in the gym on your own and you do yeah. some workout, even if you get pressure with this, you're not you're not always going to be like, oh my god, that was amazing. That feeling, I want to do it again. Like, but you do get that when you perform, like you say on the stage yeah. and you've done something, and everyone's like laughing their butts off, and you're like, yeah. that was awesome. I want yeah. reactions like that all the time. And you know, there's something you said also reminded me of a, of a kind of distinction I make about what I call static beauty. You know, you were talking about these girls that yeah. are frozen yeah. but won't take the risk. And this kind of dynamic beauty. So in other words, a woman who moves, mm. whose energy is beautiful, you know, she might also be physically beautiful, but yeah. she's got some something about the way she moves and uses her body. Even, he even, the, even the walk. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah even, there's, even there's something so attractive about a man who mm. is willing to, to dance, dance, who yeah. can dance or just get up there. And it could be so silly, but you watch them and you think... I, it's, it's just, I always think it's kind of like people, I think it's like, it's, it is a confidence thing because it's like they just, you you find the confidence to try is mm. attractive. Like yeah. the confidence that these people want to try something is really nice to see and it's attractive. You're like, are you going to, oh, I'd never dance. Oh, I'm awful. I could never. I'm like, yeah, but did you want to stay that way? Like, mm-hmm. or do you want to try it? They try, okay, I'm going to try it. I'll be like, oh, really? And then I'm so surprised that people yeah. do it and it makes me like them more. Like, <laughs> when I was at university, I, I actually did body isolation. I mm. could do all sorts of things that are you know, not normally possible mm. in terms of keeping part of me still. Part yeah. of me. But I was with a, a friend who was really, really embarrassed mm. about dancing. He went on to become very senior at the Bank of England, mm. actually. Uh, but he invented this thing called ugly dancing. Yeah. And he would say, I'm going to do some ugly dancing, which gave him a great cover story. Yeah. So, you know, because then you look at him, yeah, that is seriously ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, but, you're, but you're killing it. But you're killing it, yeah. That's the thing. He's like, if I'm going to be bad at something, I'm going to be the best at it. <laughs> like, I'm not doing the things in the past. But that's the thing. I always just say, people, we say that in the class, like one of my friends always says, be wrong and strong. Yeah. If yeah. you're gonna get it wrong, do it really, really to be just be wrong. Don't try and be like, oh, why did it? Oh, oh. just be like, okay, I've done it wrong, whatever, and carry on. Yeah. And that way we're like, yes, like it actually ends up that you're really living for the person that yeah. does not care that they just yeah. did it wrong. Yeah, the ugly dancing was brilliant. Dance, though, it's, so. it's a very good way of doing it. <laughs> what, what about the future? Where where do you see you know anything going? I mean, mm-hmm. you you I can, I totally get that you're trying to 
spread influence yeah. as many people as possible through your associations with Nike mm. and, and the school and teaching people and everything. What's the next move? If I can, oh, that's a good, that's a good question. That's a good one. Actually, what's the next move? What's the next move? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, it's five, six. Seven, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to. Um, I want to. Uh, I want to do more things for community stuff. So I'm doing stuff now already with like Suburb Council helping. It's like Suburb stands together with projects and things where I'm helping like uh, schools or communities as well where they have like underprivileged people living there or just marginalised communities and helping them get access to knowledge and stuff like that within that area um, and just being like a, a mathy person to help them get it. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, because otherwise they'll be like, they're, they're, I was like, I'll be your mathy person. I'll go on and say all the things to this police officer that you wouldn't say. Mm. I'll say all the things to this like council um, head that you wouldn't say. I'll do it. I'll say because I don't care. So, and I'm happy to be mathy and stuff like that. You care so much that like, you don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm like, I care, but I don't care what they think about me saying yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I'll say all the stuff that you wouldn't say. So I think I want to do more stuff like that. But then I want to. I want to continue to make people be inspired to do stuff, but I want the people who work with me to be inspired to do stuff like that as well. Because I think people just don't realise that there's a lot of power in like doing things for people that are not the same as you, or that used to be in this, the position that you used to be in, or have never been, you've never been in that position before. Like, there's so much power in it, like that you get from it, and it's not like, look, I'm doing nice things. It's not like charity. It's work, but it's rewarding work as well, as well as on the side, doing the commercial stuff that gets you all the stuff that you want and stuff like that. Mm. It's like, you find these people, you find gems, you find stuff that you wouldn't find anywhere else. And so I think I want to do more of that and um, ex like extend that and see people rising to the same challenge and the people that I work with. So they, we, our dance community is just a lot more diverse in a sense of what we do as dancers as well, not just what we look like as dancers. Mm. That's the one I'm doing. That sounds really great. Mm. That's my I, mean, I think the you know, that, that idea of kids that haven't had an even break in life. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because you know, sometimes when you don't have anything to lose, you yeah. can take big risks. But if you've also been the sort of person who's had the stuffing kicked out of you all your life, and always told you know, yeah. you're never going to make anything of yourself, mm. you need help to yeah, get exactly. over that. Yeah. So you're prepared to take a risk because you've got nothing to lose, but you you also have got. No the trauma, like yeah, the no trauma belief in somebody, it. yeah, no belief, exactly. You've mm. got to get you've got to get past that stage. And that's the thing that I always want to do is like you get those people like that and even people who have had great lives as well, but they still have the no belief in themselves because that can happen as well. So it's like being getting everybody but making sure at the forefront is people who have not even had the opportunity to begin with. Like but I don't wanna exclude people that feel rubbish still, do you know what I mean? Because they need help as well. So it's like just spreading like yeah. get everyone on the same page so we can all just read the books together rather than passing the book down and we read together. No, we'll attach some information so people can mm. you know find out more about you. Is, is there anything you want to say to, to people that might be encouraged, hopefully will have been encouraged by what you have to say, you might now be thinking, yeah I'd, I'd like mm. to do I'd like to well, join one first, of those classes. You have to keep um checking these podcasts because they're really good because <laughs> it's talking about things like this that we forget and um, we just talk about business all the time mm. and stuff but there are things these triggers in the mind that 
now when you was mentioning it, I've actually thought, actually, yeah, like I'm be finding realizations within this like uh, podcast alone for myself. What do you mean? This conversation's opened up thoughts yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm right, like, that's hmm, good to hear. maybe I'll like go and do this now. So you've got me in my like thinking hat on as well. So I'll say kudos to that. But also, yeah, come and check us out at your classes. We're always we have classes every single day. It doesn't matter what level you're at as well. Like go and enjoy being a beginner whilst you still have the ability to do it. Like don't wait for it to happen. If you if you like music, if you like movement, if you watch videos and you love it, go and be part of it as well. Um, and also there's community. If you don't know anyone in London, if you move to London and you don't know anyone, um, that's what's really good about it. It's a really cool space to make friends and just, in, just be in a place where you enjoy doing stuff with people that you don't know. Like saying hello to strangers is actually nice when they say hello back as well. So it's that type of place. Okay. So people should make that first move. Yeah. And, you know, who and knows where No yeah. one's looking at you. Yeah. They're always looking at the teacher or themselves. No one's, no one cares about you. Yeah. No one's judging you. They actually love you without meeting you, basically. That's what it's like. I've got one last question. Yeah, go on. I know you say at 11 you were on your own. Mm. What would you say to your 10-year-old self? Now you've lived mm. the life you've lived, what would you say? I would say to my 10-year-old self to kind of learn to control all your kind of like energy. I mean like funnel your energy into one of the things that you're that you're good at rather than running around doing everything because like you just can't contain yourself because I was like a crazy child. I was running everywhere, doing everything because I wanted to be seen because I was the middle one. So I wanted to be recognized, but I was like, you just need to recognize yourself. So if you funnel all of that in, you can put all your energy into something that you're really good at and you will be recognized. So you don't have to do everything to try to be recognized. You just have to do something really good. And so that's what I probably tell myself. I probably wouldn't listen either because I was a crazy kid, but <laughs> I would still tell myself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no one can live other, someone else's life for yeah, you. You exactly. have to make your own mistakes to some mm. extent. I think what we're trying to do through the show is equip people with the approach of mm. asking the right questions. Yeah. We can't tell you what the right answer is. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. you were saying you can have a whispering in your ear, you should ignore, mm. and you should follow. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. still whispering in your ear, you've got to work it out. You've got to work out if it's a um, good whisper or a bad whisper. Yeah. yeah, but I think the, I think the at the end of the day, you kind of be being authentic to yourself. Mm. You know deep exactly. down. Most people will know deep down what's right for them and mm. they can hear endless advice mm. and have endless mentors or go and learn from other people's mistakes mm. themselves. But at the end of the day, if you you're know. unique, your path is unique, you have to work it out for Only yourself. you're going to walk it. But I think you're, if I may say, a huge inspiration oh, thank you. for anyone that is wanting to mm. make big decisions and, and can overcome difficulties in life. But there are a lot of people who unfortunately will think, you know, oh, I just was born in the wrong yeah, place and yeah. didn't have the break, don't have the money, don't have somebody in the family that yeah. already, you know, and, and you could just think that, that's What's a good enough thing? reason. Mm. I mean, you must be a, a shining example of somebody who had no help, whatever, mm. other than your own efforts that's why and I made it. That's why I wanted to do stuff like that, because I wanted to always be, I was, I, I'm going to, I've been going to prisons and stuff and talking to uh, people, uh, the inmates in prison and being like, don't let what your experiences were to like tell you what you should be like stop living 
I don't live as the 11 year old anymore. The 11 year old was amazing, like look what they did, yeah? And I'm like, I need to be even better than the 11 year old because I want to embarrass my 11 year old self being like, I didn't yeah. want that for no reason. So I feel like people need to not let their, it's hard because it's, it is hard to do so, yeah. but don't let it 100% define you. I think we all have that hurt 11 year old. I do too, mm. you know, because I was a very different person mm. now, and now I am now from what I, the 11 year old. Mm. But there's still that 11 year old in there somewhere, you know, who's just mm. been overtaken by you, over layers, yeah, yeah, yeah. layers and layers built up. In some ways, he's down there, very and faint power, voice. And the power that they have is yeah. actually quite good to tap back into when you yeah. don't know what to do. I'm like, well, he did. Yeah, so well, I think I think anyone who's overcome adversity can always tap into that when they're yeah. facing a new problem and say, you know what, I managed that. Yeah, nothing can defeat me. Yeah, exactly. Well, Joel, it's been amazing mm, conversation. I, I so loved it. It's been good. It's been joyous. And I love this like this whole vibe. It's it's very it's very me. I feel very relaxed as well. Yeah, this, <laughs> that's been clear from the interview. In fact, you started before we with with all this kind of. You know, belly dancing stuff. Yeah. I was part of my dance routine. <laughs> I'm, I'm a thief. You know, I'm still a belly. You know, we're going to get Daniel to one of your classes. Oh, yeah. that, that is really yeah. I always do this hand stuff on people's faces. Yeah, that might have to be a, a YouTube uh, episode. So, <laughs> I, I was thinking, oh, that's incredible. I just would never have imagined we'd have that immediate connection. No, with you didn't know it, but yeah. yeah. Well, well, do you everyone, want to close us up? I shall do, everyone. Thank you for listening. Joelle, thank you so much for your time and your openness it's been an absolute delight daniel we're done thank you thanks again john don't miss future episodes of look mom no hands share and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five-star review on apple if you are inspired to take that leap and join us on the show and share your experiences or have a friend who might message us on instagram at Look Mum No Hands Podcast. This has been a Talks With My Neighbour Productions, produced and hosted by Sarah Sharman and Daniel Confino. Music by George Twydell, artwork by Jane Confino, and title voiceover by Joshua Sharman.